Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, welcome to City Hills. For those of you that I haven't got the chance to meet or say hey this morning, I'm Danny. I'm married to this beautiful lady here on the front row. And uh, man, we're thrilled. We're thrilled that you're here, excited about the opportunity to be able to hang out with you. I know with the end of summer coming and those last second trips that you have planned, uh, the fact that you're here hanging out with us, it, we're just pumped about it. We're, we're thrilled that we get to hang out with you. And over the last couple months, we've been talking about a lot of really cool things about how do we live out our faith practically. And we've talked about our time and our schedules and relationships. And we've been covering a lot of really cool things over the last couple months. But we said uh, last week when we started this new series that in all of that, Those things are really powerful and they're really exciting, but at the same time, if prayer isn't a part of what we do, we're destined to fail. We're destined to miss out on even the great principles that we've learned in our life. So last week, we kicked off this brand new series called Dangerous Prayers. And Dangerous Prayers, the whole idea behind this series is that you and I, if we're honest with each other, we we pray some pretty safe prayers right? Like, God bless me. God bless this food. Keep us safe. Let's make sure, like, the plane doesn't crash when we're going to land. Like, just we very safe prayers that 99% of the time, it's going to be all right. But there are moments in our lives where we pray these dangerous prayers that stirs the heart of God, and it stirs up action in our life, and it pulls us out of our comfort zone, and God does something really, really powerful. And last week, we started off with this dangerous prayer of, search me, O God. Search me. Search my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. Find any fault inside of me, and then lead me in the path of everlasting life. If you missed it and you're interested in hearing more about that, you can check out the podcast Uh, And it it was just a challenging message for all of us. But this week, we're going to be talking about the prayer of availability. And have you ever noticed that, that most of the time what we pray for, it's things that impact us directly? Or maybe it it stretches out a little bit further and it impacts people in our life, like our family. Like we pray for us and our needs and we pray for our family. And, And it's just like, God, can you help grandma that you heal her body, that you that gout would just go away, and God, would you help me in work, and I got this situation going on, and I got this and that, and we just kind of like list off these areas to God that we need help in our lives and the people closest to us, and that's totally okay. God wants to be a part of those prayers, but I wonder what would happen sometimes if instead of praying about just what we want to happen in our life, if we say, hey, God, I want you to do whatever it is that you want to do in my life. God, hey, today my prayer is use me in whatever way you want to. God, here I am. I'm available to help me, to help you and and do something powerful that you want me to do. And every time we pray this kind of prayer, God responds and he, he draws us out of that comfort zone and he gives us an opportunity 
because he's waiting for people to pray those kind of prayers. He's waiting for people to say, hey, God, I'm here. Would you would you let me do something for you? You know, he may lead you to, to go to a different place or to a different job, or, or he may reveal a calling in your life, or he may just give you an opportunity to talk to somebody that you weren't prepared to talk to, and you didn't know that that person was walking through what they were going through. He, he may move you to break up with somebody, like, right? Like, for those of you that are dating and you're in relationships, and maybe God's going, hey, that person's just not the right one for you. They're not good for you. They don't draw you closer to the plan that I have for you. Whatever it might be, you know, he, he might move you from being a cat person to a dog person. I'm just saying, like, the Lord can do mysterious things in your life to really, really help you out. All my cat people are like, you know what? Deuces. I'm out. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't know what it'll be, but when we pray that prayer of availability, God does something. And throughout the scripture, throughout particularly in the Old Testament, in the, the first half of the Bible before Jesus walked the earth, we see a lot of people who were called by God to do specific things. They're called by God to take action, to step into different situations. And it doesn't mean that he called them on the cell phone. It means that he called them, he prompted them, he gave them something inside, or he spoke to them in different ways and said, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to step into this. And the, we're going to look at three different responses to prayer and, and how we can respond from three different characters in the Old Testament. And the first one that we're going to look at, if you're taking notes today, is Jonah's response. He said, here I am, God. Here I am. I'm not going. That was Jonah's response to God's call. Here I am, God. I'm, I'm here. I'm your prophet. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And he's like, oh, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not about to do that. I am not going to go do that. Check it out in, in chapter 1 on your notes. It says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah. He said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked its people are. God wanted Jonah to go and say, hey, you guys are jacked up. God wants to rescue you. And Jonah's response, Jonah got up and he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Now, if you've been in church at any point, you know how that story ends. You can go back and read it. I can give you a little hint. He gets swallowed by a whale, and it just doesn't work out very well, and then he gets, like, vomited onto the shores of Nineveh. So, that didn't really work out all that well for him. But I wonder how many of you have had that similar experience. You have that brave moment where you're like, God, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. God, I'm here. I'll do whatever. And he's like, hey, I want you to go and talk to that person. You're like, ah! Okay, I'm going to go this way. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm not going to talk to them. Like, I'm not going to go have that conversation. I'm not going to go do that. I'm not going to go that direction. But for me, I, I don't know about you. You guys are, are better than I am. But there have been those moments in my life where I felt the prompting of the Lord, and I actually responded, right? Like, like I responded, and it was just this beautiful moment, and there's tears, and it's like, oh, man, this is amazing how God used me. But for every one of those tear-filled moments, there's about 25 of moments where I felt like the Lord was saying, hey, I want you to go and do this. And I'm like, ah, that's cute. Nope, not going to happen today. Do you see what time it is? Do you, you, you know what I have to do today. You know what I have going on. Like, I'm, I don't have time to do that, God. Or, 
I, I, I'm not ready to have that conversation. I need to talk to myself for a couple more hours in the shower before I'm ready to have that conversation with that person. Like, I need to rehearse this. I can't just go and do that now. And God's like, hey, I want you to do this. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I know I need to. I feel this prompting. I know I need to text that person, but it's kind of weird. I haven't texted them in a while. So why would I text them now? And, and God's like, hey, I just, I just want you to reach out. I just want you to connect. I just want you to do this. And you feel it inside. And you go, mm, oh, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that right now. Here I am. I'm not going. It's the response of Jonah. The second one is Moses. It's a little bit better, but Moses' response is, here I am, God. Oh, you need to send somebody else. You meant somebody else. That you, you got the wrong number. You called the wrong phone. You set the wrong bush on fire to talk to me, God. You, you, you meant my brother, right? Moses, in Exodus 3, he says, God is speaking to him. He says, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God. He said, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And they have this back and forth conversation of Moses giving every reason why he's the wrong person. Maybe you've been in that place in your life too, where you feel like God wants to do something in your life and you're like, but I can't do that. Who am I? I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not talented enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the experience. Someone else would do it. Like, I, I can't be the only person who sees that need. I can't be the only person who sees that. Someone else would do it. They'll take care of it. Someone better than I, someone who has more time. You're like, I'm, I'm not going to give because, I mean, I don't have that much money. That person over there, I know they have money. So they should give, and it'll be enough for both of us, right? Like, they should give, or I'm not going to go because I, I just don't have that much time. I don't I don't have the ability to do that, or I'm, I'm not going to sign up for that because she's, she's better at that than I am, and she'll definitely sign up, and she'll do that, or I'm not creative enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not skilled enough. Whatever your laundry list of things are, that you stand before God, and he goes, hey, I want you to do this, and he's like, and you, your response is just like Moses. God, you, you got the wrong person. You can't possibly be asking me to do that. But what was so special is that Moses was perfectly equipped for the mission. Who else would have lived in Pharaoh's palace for years and understand how all that stuff worked in the palace? And then who also got exiled because he murdered somebody and ran out into the desert for 40 years and worked with sheep out in the desert, figuring out how to feed them and get them to water. And, huh, that's kind of crazy. God called someone who needed to go before Pharaoh and then needed to be able to wander out in the desert. Imagine that. He was perfectly equipped. In those areas that you feel like is a weakness or insecurity, God's going, I gave you that for a reason so I can strengthen you from your weakness and use you exactly where you're at. Jonah says, here I am. I ain't going. Not going to happen. Moses says, here I am. You need to send somebody else. But the prayer we're going to look at today is Isaiah's. He, he prays this dangerous prayer. And I want you to listen to, to the words that he says in Isaiah 6, verse 8. He says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to these people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. 
I want you to notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, well, God, where are you sending me? What's the cost of living there? Like, I mean, am I going to get, is there a raise in the future? Like, God, what, well, what exactly is it going to be? Like, I need you to lay out the details. I need the plan. I need to know what the five-year plan is and maybe the three-month one and exactly what. He didn't say any of that. Is, is the climate nice? Is it pretty? Is it beautiful? Am I going to have babies there? Like, he didn't ask anything. He simply did. What, what he essentially did is he said, God, here's a blank contract. I'm assigned the bottom. You fill out the rest. God, here I am send me. Whatever you want to do, I'm in. I'm all yours. And, and I want to dare you. I want to motivate you to pray a similar prayer where you go, God, here I am. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what it looks like, but God, here I am. Send me. You have permission to interrupt me, God. You have permission to blow up my day to do something that you want to do. God, I'm here send me. I am completely available to you. You want me to give something away, I'll give it away. You want me to go and have a conversation with that person, I'll go and have a conversation with that person. You want me to reschedule my day so that I can spend time with it? Whatever it is, God, I'll do it. Send me. I'm available to you. So how do we get there? How, how do we get that mindset? How do we take on that kind of attitude like Isaiah did? And the first thing that I believe that we have to do is that we need a, a genuine encounter with the presence of God. We need a genuine encounter with the presence of God. In the beginning of that, of that chapter, Isaiah is writing, and he says, it was in the year of King Uzziah, In the year King Uzziah died, that I saw the Lord. He had a vision. He was sitting on this lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And Isaiah, as the the verses go on, he sees the presence of God. He sees this room of worship where these, these creatures called seraphims and these angels are worshiping God, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And he's just, he's caught up in this moment of experiencing the presence of God. And while you and I may not have that experience where we're seeing God on his throne and and angels and singing, you may not see that. You can stand and worship like we just had, and you can feel goosebumps on your arms. You can feel the hairs on your neck rise up a little bit, and you can feel warmth, or you can feel just something in the room, and it's the presence of God. And Isaiah He said, God, I see you. I I experience this moment with you. And you might not know how to experience that presence, but the easiest way you do it, and it's this next point, the way you experience the presence of God is you create space for him. You create an opportunity for God to meet you in a time you invite him in. Listen, I can't even tell you how many moments I've had driving to work in my car where the presence of God is so strong in the car. I just turn on some worship music, and I just say that, God, I'm here. I don't have anything. I, I, don't, I don't have anything. I'm not bringing my laundry list. I'm trying to drive and get to work, but God, I, I'm, I put my worship music on, and I'm, I'm singing, and I'm just saying, God, thank you. Thank you that you, you love me, man. You're, you are so awesome. 
Thank you for providing the ways that you do. And all of a sudden in the car, as simple as that sounds, the presence of God is there and I feel him near and I pray different things and, and I hear him speak and I, and I feel God's presence. And as a church, we want to create as many spaces as we can for you to be able to encounter the presence of God. Because listen, the words that I say don't mean squat. The music that we play, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is you being able to encounter God. The things that we do on a Sunday morning is just to create as many avenues as we can for you to find him. He's the answer. I don't have him. I don't have them. I, I don't have anything special or unique to give you outside of going, God, use me in whatever way you can. And he can do the same exact thing for you. It doesn't have to happen on a Sunday morning. It can be in your, on your back porch with some music playing or, or you listening to nature or on a hike going up the mountains and you're just going, God, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm available. Like, man, I'd love to feel you near to me. You invite him in. You create a space for him to speak. The second thing that you do is that you have to fully surrender control of your life to him. If I'm honest with you, you and I, we kind of treat God like, like a, a new guest in our house. Just a little, just a little bit. Like, bear with me with this illustration, right? Like, you, a new person's coming over to your house. Like, if you guys are coming over to our house today, like, we're going to leave early, and we're going to try to vacuum and clean it up and get everything a little more organized, and we're, like, kicking things into the closet and, like, stuffing it underneath the sofa and, like, just trying to just trying to make it look a little bit better. And we do that with God. We're like, God, I'm, I'm cleaning up everything. I'm trying to get it all together. And we, we, we invite him into our life, and we show him the living room. This is the living room. We bought that sofa at Ross. You won't believe how we found this sofa at Ross. It was so cheap. And then we show him the, the kitchen, and and this is where we cook meals. And he's like, duh, it's the kitchen. I get it. And then we show him the master bedroom and the guest bedroom. And But we all have that room, right? We all have that room that ain't nobody about to go walk up in that room because it's got like dust bunnies the size of small children that would just like take on a world power, right? Like we've got so much junk and trash and all that stuff that we just stuff into that room that we don't want anybody to see. Or maybe it's your garage. Last night we were, we were trying to straighten up the garage. It'll take 12 years. It's just, it, I, don't, I don't even know why we tried. It looked pretty this morning. We're like, this is awesome. Oh my goodness, it's a whole other side. Like we have that with God where we invite him into certain areas of our life, but then we lock off certain doors. And he's like, hey, what's, what's in that area? And we're like, oh, no, 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 no. Hey, we make coffee and we've got cake. You want some cake? Everybody loves cake, God. You don't want to go in that room. Like, leave that one alone. I got some fresh pound cake for you right over here. And we, we don't allow God access fully into our lives. And I remember... This was several, several years ago. Lauren and I, we, we hit like this, this life wall in every essence of the word, right? Like we, we just, we hit the wall. We, mentally, we were drained. Physically, we were drained. Spiritually, we were drained. We just didn't feel like we had a lot of purpose in our life. We just, man, we we're just exhausted and just feeling like, God, there has to be more to this. There has to be 
something else. So we, we prayed together and we said, God, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Whatever you want to do, God, here I am. And mentally, we were there together, and we're, we're in this place, and we knew it was time, and I, I was working at a, at a local bank at the time, and it was just one of those brutally slow days. It was like a Wednesday, and nothing was going on. And so I was just reading my Bible and, and taking notes, and I just felt like I had this moment with the Lord where the Lord was like, hey, you want to move to Atlanta? You guys have been talking about Atlanta. Go. Atlanta is your city. And it's just like this moment. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes, this is it. This is the moment. I called Lauren. I'm like, baby, we need, I know we have church tonight, and but we got to meet for dinner. We got to meet somewhere. I'm so excited. So she was all excited. Everybody's, and I'll never forget this moment. We went to a Hardee's on Moffitt Road, a hardy, if you don't know, Carl's Jr., right? We were broke and poor. It didn't even, like, it was, we were, we were, like, stretching. We were balling at Hardee's. At least it wasn't Wendy's, the junior bacon cheeseburger, right? So we're, we're at Hardee's, and we're sitting there, and I'm like, baby, we're moving to Atlanta. The Lord told me today, I was praying, we're moving to Atlanta. It's our spot. This is where we're going. And for the first time in our marriage, Lauren looked at me, stone cold face. She said, no, we're not. I didn't hear anything like that from the Lord. And I was like, no, no, like I, I really think. And it was the first time in our marriage, like, like we, we were not on the same page when it came to like a major decision. She's like, babe, I don't know what bad pizza you ate last night, but the Lord didn't tell me that. I don't, that, it's not right. And we went to church we did what we had to do. We volunteered. We, we, we took care of that. And I got home and I was like, I got to go. Like, I got to go pray. I'm so confused. I'm just going to go back up to the church by myself and just pray because I, I just knew I heard the Lord and you're, I, I trust you and you're saying no. So I don't know what we're going to do. So I, I drove up to the church. It was, I was completely alone. I put some music on and I prayed there and, and just being transparent, I was mad at God. I was mad at God. I was mad at Lauren. I was mad at myself. I was mad at the Bible. I was mad at everything. I'm like, how in the world could I get this so wrong? How could I have missed this so badly? Like what I knew God was releasing us, but but what was I missing? And, and I started getting frustrated. And so I started just doing random things. I was like, you know what? Proverbs is the book of wisdom. So I'm just going to read the whole book of wisdom until I figure out what it is our next step was. And about two hours later, I'm laying on the floor, exhausted, broken, because the answer was still no. It was no. And I was like, how did I miss it? How, like, what did I hear today that I missed it so badly? And I felt like the Lord said, you, you kept pushing that to the front. That's what you wanted. You're asking me to bless what you wanted. That's not what I said. That's not what I told you. And so I, I came home, and, and Lauren was waiting there sweetly. And she's like, well, what happened? How'd it go? And I, I mumbled something about God hating me, and we're not moving to Atlanta. Like, it's not happening. It's over. And the next day, Lauren and I, we, we woke up early that next morning before we went into work, and, and we talked, and we said, you know what? Just to each other, we need to be committed that we're going to pray, God, here I am, send me wherever, 
however, whenever God send us. Because for us, Atlanta was a significant place. Atlanta was the closest big city to where we were. And whenever we were done with everyone around us, we'd go to Atlanta by ourselves. Like that was our place to go. And before we got married, I was actually going to propose to her in Atlanta. That's a whole nother story for another day. It didn't happen because she blew that plane up. Tell you that one another time. Just remember, there will be a sermon on that one. But Atlanta was like this significant place for us. And we just kept pushing that and pushing that and pushing that. And it was two months later, two months later that, that we had an opportunity to go visit a friend of her family's about two hours east of Atlanta to a city we had never heard of, to a place and a church we had never, we'd heard of it a little bit, but we never knew anything about it. And the Lord gave us an opportunity to go there. And we drove around and we had dinner with some of our friends, uh, with the people that we met. We had dinner. We saw the church, no church service or anything like that. And we got home to their house that that night. It was a Friday night, and we laid in bed, and we looked at each other, and we went, this is it. This is where we're supposed to be. And it was just this immediate knowing together at the same time. And it was. The Lord did all these crazy things, and he orchestrated for us to move there. And, and it we served at that church for, for six years, and we grew so much, and it was just this incredible experience. We met some of our best friends on the planet there. Our, our girls were born in that city. We, we felt like the Lord had started to stir things up in us, that he was calling us to something greater. And it was because we finally got to that place in our life where we said, God, it's not my agenda. It's whatever it is you want me to do. I think a lot of times we're afraid to surrender completely to the Lord because we're afraid he's going to send us to Africa. We're never going to use a real toilet again, right? Like, and he may send you to Africa. I've been to Africa twice, and it's one of the most life-changing experiences ever. But I'm not called to be a missionary there. More than likely, God's going to call you to be a missionary where you work because that's holy too. Maybe, maybe God is calling you to serve the people that are right in front of you and your family that are going through a lot, and he's calling you to that. Or God calls you to just stop and listen, slow down the craziness and listen to someone who's hurting and going through something in their life. He may call you to buy lunch for a minivan behind you, and you had no idea that it was a single mom with three or four kids. And while just buying that lunch seemed like a little small thing to you, it was actually the biggest blessing in her life because she had no idea how she was going to feed those kids that night. You don't know what little steps of faithfulness would do and create bigger moments of obedience for you. When you do the little things and are faithful to God, you'll wake up one day and realize, God, you've been using me all this time because I've finally been listening to your promptings. Whatever it is, as we close today, the challenge for us the challenge for us is that we need to be in his presence. We've got another week of 21 days of prayer. Be in his presence this week. Carve out some time where you can say, God, here I am. Speak. I'm here, God. Like, I want to hear your voice. I, wanna, I want you to speak to me as I read the Bible. I want, I want to feel those promptings in my life. And God, I want to slow down everything enough to be able to see you at work. And then I want you to surrender completely. Surrender control. Just go, God, listen. 
it's not my agenda. It's not my plan. It's not what I want to do. God, I'm, I'm surrendering to you. Whatever it is you want to do, God, I'm here. I'm available. And then pray that dangerous prayer. Send me. Send me. Maybe for you, send me means that you. it is an actual move. Maybe it's a change of jobs. Maybe it's a change of scenery. Maybe it's a change in a relationship. But maybe, God, here I am, send me is something as simple as you giving God the opportunity to speak to you in your life. God, here I am, send me. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we pray today. And I want to pray this prayer that hopefully can be something that you can pray this week. Hopefully it'll be a prayer that can open up doors in your life and open up moments in your life. Let's pray this prayer. Father God, I've been so comfortable for way too long. God, I've been so comfortable in my life. Forgive me, because I know that you want to use me. I know, God, that you want to do something with my life. I know you have more planned for me. Give me eyes to see the needs of other people around me. God, give me a heart that dares to get involved in what it is you're doing. God, give me the courage to step into whatever it is you're asking me to do. Whatever you want, wherever you need, here I am, Lord. Send me. Father God, I pray for every person in this room. I pray that you would give them the courage and while Lauren and I have had these, these moments in our life where we're completely surrendered to what it is that you want to do, if I was honest, God, and you know this as much as I do, it's not every day. It's not in every season. It's not in every moment. God, there's so many times that I want control of my own life and I, I miss out on what it is that you have for me because I, I, I push past those promptings. I push past those things that I know you're calling me to. So, God, I pray that you would give each and every one of us the courage to say, God, here I am. I'm all yours. I'm all yours. Everything that you want to do, you have access to every room in my heart. You have access to every area of who I am. God, I surrender completely to you. And, Lord, I believe that when we do that, our lives will be completely changed. We love you, Jesus. We pray all of this in your strong, your mighty, your bold name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.